Oh, we did? Yes. Oh. Uh, is it recording? Yes. Surprise! We started. We <laughs> Welcome started. to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And uh, this is a podcast that has indeed started. It's true. <laughs> it started and it probably sounds a little different. It does sound a little bit different. Why is that? Well, because we both have uh, now Soyuz launchers, that little uh, what, what? It's like a cloud lifter with a preamp, and it makes my uh, dynamic microphone sound a lot better. And this is not a paid sponsorship. Yeah, we actually, uh, <laughs> we paid for these. <laughs> yeah, um, at least one of them. Yeah. I, have to, I have to do a demo with this one, so it's not really like your yours was paid for via the patreon and youtube money funds so this was actually the first purchase that we have made um for the collective betterments of the podcast i think yeah it's it's super i'm like wow we can let's do it cool um i maybe uh, i'm actually been super happy i've been using this all week even for like conference calls and stuff since i've been working from home and um, conference calls, calls with friends after hours, like kind of like a happy hour with friends kind of a deal. And then, um, for this and across the board, it's like, your voice sounds really good. Did you get a new microphone? I'm like, nah, nope. Same nah, microphone. Just getting, just getting a lot more out of the one that I got. Yep. I mean, the best way I can describe it, like even, I can't even tell it's different. Just listening, um, with the mix that's fed back into my headphones while I'm talking or like in this moment. Yeah, and same. Like I feel louder. I feel more present. It's like when I talk into it, because like, we I've been using this dynamic microphone for the entire entirety of the last couple of years of the podcast, and uh, it always sounds just slightly sterile. And I, I always listen back. Whenever I listen back, I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's my voice, but it doesn't quite sound like my voice. And it, yeah. It's like the difference between like standard definition and high definition. We're not to 4K yet. We'll get there, but. Well, it's because of what I would have to do is like, with what you were giving me with even with the focus rights gain turned all the way up, I had to go and I would have to normalize your audio to get you competitive with, with my voice um, during the podcast because I've been recording through um, a blue a blue Yeti, which is which is really, a, you know, a great plug and play amplifier, I mean, a microphone uh, and has its own cool features. But um I would have to go and I have to normalize your audio and then I would have to like EQ it a bunch. And last week when you started using the launcher, uh, I didn't have to do as much. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it sounds so much more natural just right out the gates. And yeah, I think listening back, it sounds very much a lot closer to what it's like just to sit in the room with me. Yeah. That's oh, totally. hard. Totally. And I think that's that's super cool. So I'm really glad we can bring that experience to you as the listener. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can you can hear every little voice crack of mine in high definition as my voice wakes up this morning. As your vocal fry. We just lost a lot of listeners. It's not vocal fry. I swear. Well, those not the thing is like vocal fry has always existed. It's just that now we're hearing people's recorded voices a lot more. But I digress. Right. Um, the launcher, right? <laughs> the launcher kind of feeds into um, my what's new. If you're curious, I I am curious. What is new? Well, I've been doing a little recording, and yesterday I finished up, laid down. I haven't written a song with words 
like finished it and fully recorded it since college. I just kind of lost a lot of confidence after some situations in college, which was, you know, it happens. So um, someone reached out to me, someone whose name I will now look up just to make sure I have it right. And he's working on a Stephen Gilbert. And Stephen is working on uh, getting some, I'm not even sure I'm supposed to be talking about this. A comp- he's working on a compilation of songs about flowers. It's going to be out September 18th. And I've contributed a song to it. And it has wow. words. And me singing with a lot of reverb and delay because I haven't reached that point in my confidence. But I was recording some vocal takes. And uh, then I finally got the launcher in yesterday. I re-recorded my vocal takes. And oh my god. I was like, I could see more, so much more of my my wavelengths while I was recording, which gave, which weirdly gave me more confidence. I'm like, I can step back from the mic. I can have my makeshift pop filter that I'm not going to discuss right now. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen um, Raising um, Arizona? No. You know that? Oh God! Well, you probably are you familiar with the, the quip from a movie? Boy, did you know you got a panty on your head? Mmm, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. So that was not quite my situation, but I was definitely using some pantyhose as a, a pop filter. Hey, whatever works. It's not weird if it works. So I'm excited about that. No, it's still weird, I, but it works. So it works. Hey, hey. <laughs> and then last weekend, I spent most of the weekend um, laying down some guitar for a demo track for a project I can't really talk about right now. Um, it was sort of a test thing. I think that the person I was recording with really, really liked it. And I'm uh, hopeful that I'm going to get more more work through that. And hopefully this person records an album and hopefully I get to be on it. So that's nice. exciting. That's that's some some of the musical like home recording stuff. Um, I've been doing, which has, I think, been probably a little taxing on my computer, but I got a focus right 4i4, so that's going to be, that's going to make my life a little easier, I think. Very cool. Yeah, I need, I am definitely, uh, thinking seriously about upgrading to the 4i4 as well. I like it. Um, does yours have, like, that separate software that you use to more easily control, like, the inputs and everything? No. Inputs and outputs? Yeah, so mine came with a like I had to download a software, which you know I'm used to being. I know it's the Focusrite's a plug and play on a Mac anyway, but um, so I have right now my Focusrite control up. I can because so, it, it doesn't have as many buttons on the face. It still has the forty eight the Phantom Power yep. button, but um, to control like is it an instrument or is it a line input? You go through the software. Oh, you that can must assign, be. A, is that a Gen three thing? It must be a Gen 3 thing, but um, cause, but then um, also you can set your outputs. So you have your monitor yep. outputs. I have um, the output 3 set permanently as my reamp output. So it's that's, that's really cool. That's going to be a lot easier for, for um, home recording. Because my biggest fear always in home recording is that someone's going to say, I really like that take, but I just wish that you would have done the fuzz a little differently or something like that, because that's the stuff that you would get the feedback on like more immediate as far as the feedback loop goes. So I, that, yeah, I always like to record 
one dry channel at least. And uh, so then I have more inputs on the back where I can just send the dry so I can always do the stereo into the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a... or I or I could just you know put the amp fire plug in on so I'm getting some approximation of sound in stereo and then I can reamp it that way. For sure. Options, I love them. Options like are options? great. I'm a fan. Options are so great. I suppose. <laughs> well, that's that's an option. What's new with you though? What's new with me is I've had uh, quite the week with Fox Cairo. Um, yeah, you were sending me pictures. Yeah, so let me start with the 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 first big thing f- that happened this week, and then I'll talk a little bit ever so briefly about something I've got coming out soon. Um, is I uh, this is like a month ago, um, I got a message from Mrs. Smith, who's the famous uh, cat lady shredder who we all know and love, and I've been following for quite some time and have always really appreciated all of the content and the personality behind it. And I got a message saying, Hey, can I get a black lives matter topper? And I was like, hold on a second. Who is this? Whoa. Um, that super threw me. Um, but we got to talking, um, got it all sorted out. And I, we, we, um, we agreed to both donate to, uh, to causes for BIPOC folks. And, um, and then we've also got some. Uh, so that's a BIPOC that yes. stands for Black Indigenous People of Color for those listening at home. Indeed. Yes. It's a handy little, not anagram, goodness, um, acronym. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I think so, it's a, it depends. Yeah, that's an acronym. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, not an initialism. An initialism is something that you would say like AARP. Sure. Um. So well, there's a difference, and I just want to show that I know what the difference is. It's speaking of I'm initialisms, sorry. that was a so, really rude thing to do. Speaking of initialisms, I uh, uh, so I donated uh, the cost of a topper to the my lo- our local chapter of the NAACP for King County, uh, and I'm actually blinking. Uh, Mrs. Smith donated to a different organization, uh, but I looked at it. Everything checks out, so um, sent it off. And one of the things we had talked about ever so briefly, which is a fairly normal question amongst um, brands and influencers is like, hey, would we be willing to trade for a post? And I was like, no, I actually can't say yes to that. Um, And the reason for that is – Good for you, honestly. Well, so the reason why I said I'm not willing to trade a topper for a post in this instance is honestly for any other influencers, for any other – anything – any other design that I do, I would be happy to. But for the Black Lives Matter uh, topper specifically, that feel that would feel so much like me trying to profit my brand off of off of the movement. Yeah. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. I, I mean, that's it's really not why I'm doing this at all. I'm not offering this design to try and boost my brand. Um, so I said no. I appreciate it, but I, I and I explained why uh, and. Th- the message was received well, and we sorted something else out um, and got it sent off. And then USPS got super backed up. And the first one that I sent took four weeks to show up. And like I was, I called once and they told, said that it was, uh, that it just never had shown up um, or that they lost it or they weren't really sure. 
and kind of got the runarounds. I'm like, there's no way. I, I guess I'm going to have to send another one. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to send two more and hopefully one of them makes it. So I actually sent two more and dropped them off in different USPS locations, hoping that one of them finally arrived. And one finally did. I think at this point now all three have, and Mrs. Smith is forwarding um, at least one of them on to another artist. And, nice. Um, well, that's that's honestly huge. Like, so I saw that arrive. I'm excited. I'm like, yay, it got there. Uh, that just makes my heart happy to know that that's going to be a message that's being shared around in Mrs. Smith's circles. And then Wednesday afternoon, I got a notification that Mrs. Smith tagged me in a post. I'm like, I wasn't expecting this. I, I didn't what, what, seriously because you specifically said like that's I, not what you I did. said no. <laughs> um, so it was it was something done out of the the kindness of Mrs. Smith's heart, and uh, really appreciated. The weird thing though was I got a lot of troll attacks that day on both my personal and my Fox Cairo account. Oh, on the personal account, people. Yeah, I got messages on my private Facebook message requests, friend requests. Um, and then on my personal Instagram, which is public, which for now I'm going to keep it as such because I don't really post anything important there. Um, it's just food. Um, got a bunch of stuff there. And then I also uh, got the most of it on my Fox Cairo account. And it wasn't like thousands of messages, but there was enough messages where I was like, I need to focus on getting through these messages, blocking, reporting anything that's violent. Um, so really wasn't any of that, but. Um, yeah, it was just really thrown by like how like one post and the, the troll army comes out and that's not to, I'm not sharing that to say, woe is me. I'm sharing that to say, shout out to all of the shout out to everyone like Mrs. Smith who are using their platform, people who have these, these larger platforms who are willing to stand for black lives matter, put that out there because knowing how much more that they're getting on the back end of that, knowing that that's several hours a week of dealing with that, just taking care of those messages yeah. um kind of that gives me a, a better perspective and a lot more respect for um artists and influencers that are out there that are uh putting their brand behind the black lives matter movement absolutely so and then was, the, the comment the comments that talk about like oh now you're gonna put your feet on it i'm like i think that woman takes immaculate care of her shoes <laughs> that's what i think i don't think she's gonna be soiling anything i think it's gonna stay nice and pristine that's just my my vibe is that she probably takes better care of care of her shoes. Than sure, sure. So, so you brought it up. I so the I, I'd like to talk about that for a minute, actually. So I do since we do the pedal toppers and I've been doing it for a while, and no one's ever had this complaint. But the moment I started doing Black Lives Matters toppers, um, in a number of different forums, the com the complaint inevitably from the white guy is. Uh, Hey, like, isn't it weird that you're putting your foot on it? Kind of like the idea of like stomping on that on on the the symbolism and how that could how that seems inappropriate. And the first time I saw that that brought up, I was like, uh, okay. Well, I hadn't considered that, and no one had brought that up to me previously. And I talked to a couple um, of my friends and um, who, uh, a couple of my BIPOC friends before I even considered considered actually releasing this to talk through like hey like is this something i should do is this would this be bad and anyway so i was like no one's ever brought this up as a concern before and once i got a chance to sit down and get my head around it the answer i have to that in in short is i've been because i've been doing this for years i've 
done a number of really meaningful designs. I've done Bible verses, which for Christians is incredibly important. I've done um, a guy sent me a, 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 um, a capture of his wife's painting that she did for him when they were dating that Aww. I put on a topper for him. It was really meaningful. It was like a picture of a tree with their initials carved into it. Uh, which I thought was really, really sweet. So I did that. And he was like, this is this is so meaningful. I really appreciate that. But I've done stuff like that. And no one's ever said, oh, but now it's going to feel weird to put my foot on it. No one's ever said that. And I think... I wonder why this is the problem that they have. They're just trying to find something to... Come, like, truly, I think they're just trying to find something, some way to put it down. Right. And that's what I, I think that's what's going on here. Now, I'm... I'm a white guy. I am happy to be wrong. Um, well, not necessarily happy, but I'm willing to admit that I could be wrong here. Uh, but the overwhelming feedback I've had from the BIPOC community is like, no, great. Keep doing it. So that's kind of where I'm at with that um, and just sharing my open thoughts there. Uh, as far as what's coming out in the future, I've uh, been um, had a uh, Ernie Ball VP Junior tuner lent to me. Nice. It's not mine for the Ernie Ball people listening. I'm going to film a demo of that before I put a topper on it. I promise. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, I just haven't gotten to it yet. No, this one's lent to me uh, by my friend Cam over at Gibbs Sunday and Tone Throne. Thanks again. And I've got the, I've actually got a couple toppers on the bench for the weekend. I'm going to load one up, get some good photos, and I'll be able to offer that as a, uh, as a new option. Um, as well as with the Black Lives Matter option. So, Are you talking about that snazzy one you just posted a picture of in the super secret Patreon group chat? Oh, um, that's also another design that's going to be coming out. I've also got some new artwork coming out um, that I'm pretty excited about. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, things are, things are happening. Things are changing. And uh, really happy with the direction things are headed right now. Yeah. And one more thing. I am very excited. Uh, in the wake of the post from Mrs. Smith, I got a handful of orders more than I usually do, uh, which are very like, uh, for specifically nice. Black Lives Matter toppers. And I'm very excited to be able to write that check because uh, I am still donating all profits uh, from each sale. So I'll be able to write a pretty decent check this weekend. And be able to send that money off pretty excited for it Ooh, that's awesome putting your money where your mouth is yep like yeah, to do that's that that's cool that's good that's always good to do um yeah that's <laughs> that's a hard one to follow but um i did make a reference to our super secret patreon group chat if you want in on that super secret Facebook messenger patreon group chat where we talk about everything from guitar pedals you see my demos sometimes before they launch um, if they're not super secret and if I do them far enough in advance, uh, you get access to Andrew and I and a slew of other lovely people. Um, but if you just go to patreon.com slash get offset and you support us there, uh, I'll send you, one of us will send you a message and we'll get you added into that, into that group chat. And, uh, there's some other just behind the scenes stuff you get, you get input on, what demos I do, how I do them, uh, what we talk about on the podcast. Sometimes we turn to our Facebook, our Facebook group, and mostly our Patreons, patrons, patrons, and yeah, and the super secret Patreon chat right now is uh, or 
Patreon, Patreon. There we go. I always get, I always fumble on the uh, pronunciation there. Uh, the best part about it, you're gonna love this. The emoji in the bottom right is a cat. It's not a thumbs it up. It is it's a, a cat. cat. It's very colorful too. Very rainbow. Everything is. I don't know when that started. I think that uh, the credit for that goes to Jason Fuzzbonger. We give each other <laughs> nicknames. We change the themes up on each other all the time. It, we change the the name of the group chat just for fun um, to s- reflect the mood that everybody's. It's it's a community. <laughs> it's a blast. I <laughs> I honestly, it's one of the first things I check when I wake up in the morning. Like, wait, how many? Because so yeah. many of our patrons are on the East Coast. I'm like, all right, what did I miss? Yes, eighty three met. And then I go get coffee, and then I come back to actually read them. But <laughs> I, you definitely clipped right there. <laughs> Sorry, eighty three messages, or it just says a hundred plus. Sometimes and you're like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> <laughs> if y'all are talking about cars, I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I it it makes my day, and I love seeing the no, messages come through. So I, yeah. Yes, you're gross. And um, also, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe on Spotify, I think. Uh, we're on Google Play. We're on YouTube. So check out the YouTube. Subscribe there for a lot of content. Sub. Including, I'm going to start doing more of the like kind of talking head content, sort of like I did for when the that gentleman acted like I sent him a broken pedal. And then I explained how envelope filter pedals work and why it didn't work for him. <laughs> It's because it's because he turned the volume on his guitar down. It needs more input. Yeah, yeah. Um, where else can people support us? Uh, I heard, 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 heard. Uh, I've been reading too many kids' books these days. Uh, I have heard a rumor that you can support us and support yourself as an artist. At, um, can, I, can I go yeah, there? Can I go there? Yeah, let's, there? Let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just go with the sponsor. Actually, you know, first I'm going to say you can also um, – we have a link on our website. And we have a link also in this description. We also have a link in every video description on YouTube. Um, if, you sh- if you need to buy something on Reverb.com, you can use our affiliate link and we get 1% cash back on your stuff. And that might seem kind of small like if you're buying like a pop filter – but we really appreciate just like even the thought. It it costs literally nothing else on your end, and uh, and we just got a super exciting new sponsor. I am so stoked for this. Um, I'm very excited to bring DistroKid on as an official sponsor of a uh, Get Offset. Pop 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 pop. Um, but what this means for you, other than the fact that now I sound better because I can afford um a, a launcher is uh, if you don't have a DistroKid account and you're thinking about releasing your own music, DistroKid costs only $20 a year. And you could save 7% on your first year if you use the code GETOFFSET. And then we get a little bit back from that as well. And uh, I think it's pretty much unlimited, um, unlimited releases. It has to be your music. It has to be... Uh, something that you have the rights to. I last night went through and submitted a single to be released uh, just to kind of see what that process was. It was so easy. I just uploaded the file, put in the information, put in the album artwork, selected which stores I did or did not want to be in because I don't want to be on the Amazon store 
Um, and uh, hit submit. It's already been approved. It'll be up. Uh, it's I had it scheduled for um, you know later in September. Uh, just to see how the scheduling works. And it was really really easy. So and also way more affordable than some of their competitors. I've used TuneCore for years, and I think I'm going to move my stuff off of TuneCore and onto DistroKid, uh, just because it's like a third of the price. Like TuneCore is uh, a lot more every year, and I think that I don't remember if you have to keep paying every year to keep your stuff up on DistroKid. I feel like you might not. Ooh. I feel like you can. I feel like you can. I actually, you know, don't quote me on that, but I think that was one of the differences. Or like, you can pay extra to nev- to upfront to not have to renew. There's some option like that that might be worth it. But twenty bucks a year to keep my stuff up, like this is going to sound surprising. I do make more than twenty dollars a year in streaming. I actually make about fifty to sixty dollars a year in streaming for an EP I released uh, that I recorded in college. So that's surprising that I still get listens on that. I don't promote it. It's just passive. People hear it sometimes. They like it. And I get, you know, $50 a year. All of that goes straight back into TuneCore right now. But if I move it to DistroKid, I'm going to make 30 bucks a year. That's part of a tank of gasoline. Now, hold on a second. Everything you said seems like a really great perk. But I'm about to uh, blow your mind with the, the best perk the entire platform has to offer. Instant Spotify verified check mark. Oh shoot, that's right. I did. I did pick my Spotify account. That's right. I remember doing that now. Instant Spotify verified check mark. You can be official, not a fish. That's official. Really cool. That is. Uh-huh. 100% legit and honestly like in the world of like social media and trying to assert yourself as like I am I am an artist people recognize me and whatnot like an Instagram and Facebook trying to get that elusive blue star or check marker badge getting that on Spotify just going through this is like whoa I feel like is this real I think I just I need- I, that's a life hack is life hack still I- a thing I don't even have Spotify, so I can't look. Uh, I don't see my verification there yet. But I have 197 monthly listeners. That can't be right. That sounds too high. (laughs) 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 No, so, yeah, big thanks to DistroKid. They have a pretty good Seattle presence. Um, Big shout out to my buddy Kenny Darling, uh, who works works there, as well as um, our, our friend Daniel. Show, yes. Alrighty. Well, well. Um, I feel like I, I need I... to take a breath. There's been so much good stuff to talk about. It's nice to have a lot of good things to talk about, to be honest, because sometimes the world seems super duper dismal, and sometimes you try to do a good thing, and people just uh, explode at you, and it's it's upsetting. It is upsetting. You know what? Let's do this real quick. Uh, you and I both, and the listener also is now obligated to join us. We are going to take one big, fat, deep breath. You ready? Breathe in. <laughs> Breathe out. You weren't supposed to. I didn't know that you were breathing in a joint. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I am. 
Uh, <laughs> that just... was a loud cough. <laughs> so that that sounded like the three 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 breathing technique, where you breathe in for three seconds, hold it for three seconds, and release for three seconds. That sounds about right. I That's was not thing. counting, but that was natural. It is natural. All natural, man. Like you just got to breathe. And a three second inhale on that vape pen, kind of impressive. No, no, no. <laughs> I can't. I the only only thing I'm allowed to have is caffeine before twelve noon for another month. Oh, I knew you couldn't drink. I didn't realize you couldn't. Um, I am straight edge. Except, I was straight edge until I was twenty five. Except I think straight edge also includes being vegan, which I'm definitely not mm. on board with. No, no, no. That, vegans, that's a that's a that's a certain subsect of a straight edge, but um, I, I really don't think I could do it. Oh, I know I couldn't do it because uh, it's actually it's getting a lot easier to find non-soy based animal alternatives or vegan friendly proteins. Like Beyond Burger does not have um, that, and neither that does not have a soy, and neither does Field Roast. Yeah, but I, I tend to stay away from vegan stuff because it could literally kill me. And I don't always have my EpiPen. Awkward. Mm-hmm. I know. It's stupid and bad. Um, so if if this podcast stops suddenly for whatever reason, blame the vegans. That's my takeaway. For killing me? Yeah. Please nobody kill me with soy. That just sounds like the worst way to go. I would <laughs> rather it be something funner. <laughs> this reminds me of the uh you've seen scott pilgrim versus the world right yeah great movie the the scene with the the vegan <laughs> <laughs> that's uh it was um oh that's um the girlfriend is captain marvel yeah brie larson yeah 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 and then i forget the the her vegan boyfriend i think did i forget what else he did um but yeah that that scene was so God, I don't remember. I don't remember so which good. boyfriend was which. I know that um, Captain America was one of the boyfriends. Yep, he was the, he was the, the skateboarder. Chris's. Yeah, the Chris's. <laughs> yeah. Was Jason Schwartzman one of them? Uh, wasn't he the the big baddie? Uh, yeah, I think he was the big baddie. Um. Oh gosh, now I need to know. Uh, in other yeah. media, the movie. Yeah, he was the he was the the last X. The, he was the uh, record exec. Oh, so I see. No, that's not. I love Kieran Culkin, by the way. I think he's very good in everything he does. So where are the? I don't. It doesn't say vegan boyfriend, vegan X. I got you. Hang on a second. Oh, Tennessee Thomas was in that. There's so she's in, many. She's good... in the like. She's a great drummer. There's so many good actors in this movie. She's also in the band Nicest Frick. I did not realize that was Tennessee Thomas. How did I not know that was? I love. I had such a nice conversation with her dad, um, Pete Thomas from Elvis Costello in Louisville once, and I will just forever love, forever love uh, Pete Thomas. So, f- quick story. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know if I should. No, I won't tell the story. Um, yeah. A vegan police officer? No, no, no. That was someone else. I think it was. That guy's familiar looking. Well, that dude got. Someone's yelling at us. Someone is yelling at us. Oh, for sure. I'm blanking so hard right now. Scott um, 
Pilgrim Vegan Boyfriend. Todd. Oh, so it's whoever plays All right, Todd. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, Mark Weber was Stephen Stills as the vegan boyfriend. Mark Weber. Oh, that guy. Oh, wait, really? No, I thought. I'm confused. I thought. Yeah, I guess that checks out. Huh. Tell it to the cleaning lady on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's familiar looking. I, he was in the Laramie Project, which I remember watching. I'm looking at his updated headshots, and honestly, he has definitely aged quite a bit since the movie came out. Oh, I remember Drive Me Crazy, but I don't remember him from it. Um, All right, so we are so far off on a tangent right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? I think I really think I just know him from Scott Pilgrim, though, to be honest. And I didn't know his name. Okay, yes. So uh, we were talking about uh, vitriol, I guess. But um, and that also goes into my one of my what's news. Yeah. So the other Saturday at noon, I was on my computer downstairs uh, listening to the demos I was recording. And I saw an email come in from from Chase Bliss that uh, they were doing a run of 100 of their um, mythical had been discontinued ayahuasca petals, which is basically a gra- their gravitas tremolo with a fuzz. In two it. in one. So it's, it's a, a two in one. And I love petals that are like dirt and tremolo. Like I have had the, the Madoverse Trimstortion and I love that one so much. I might buy a second. But, um, like, so I, I bought it. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. This will get us some views, too. Um, and then if I hate it, I know I can sell it for what I paid for it plus a, a fee. <laughs> like, not a big <laughs> fee, but, like, just uh, probably – if I had, if I decided to sell it, it would be the cheapest one on Reverb.com. I'm sure, sure. That. I've decided I, I love it, and I'm not going to sell it. Sorry. Um, but – this this triggered uh it sold out in 10 minutes 100 units sold out in 10 minutes that's 10 per minute if you're doing the math at home four hundred dollars a pop so that's 40k in sales in 10 minutes yes um that's the gross uh right no idea what the profit margin is on those pedals but i don't think it's like super high well we all know that a pedal is just 20 dollars of parts okay obviously just twenty dollars in parts but um so (laughs) according to the email the story is that they had an extra 100 pcbs for the ayahuasca right and um they decided to do a limited art do a super limited run make it the last 100 ever and uh kind of call it a day on that collaboration that i think they had with was it abracadabra audio was uh, the official collaboration yeah yeah abracadabra that is yeah. So um, they sold out immediately. I felt very lucky to get one. I, I know a couple of people who got one, actually. Um, and I really only got it because I'm on my computer a lot. <laughs> and I thought about it for 30 seconds. And I was like, yeah, I want this. This sounds like my speed. And I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about ayahuasca lately. So it's probably just a little bit on my mind. And um, I was really surprised when... A few days later, because I just, I'm not, I wasn't in the Chase Bliss groups at the time. I since joined 
Um, I hadn't been on Reddit. I hadn't seen people bitching about it, but apparently people just lost their damn minds. People, you know, people were tripping out and not in the good way. And not in the ayahuasca, not in the good parts of the ayahuasca way, but the bad parts where it's just like continuous vomiting in front of other people way. It was just like a, what, what, what? oh my God, how dare you? I hate you. Please you step my away brother. from the mic. <laughs> step away from the mic when you yell. I did. Or, or, go, or go in front of the mic and yell like that. Oh, in front of the mic, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can yell because I'm still getting your reflections and your mood. And I don't have to then... Uh, isolate that part of the audio and dip the volume down to keep it from clipping. You are my brother, Anakin. Sorry. <laughs> but not sorry. There's always a Star Wars quote for everything. But yeah, people yeah. Uh, people lost people their were minds. People were mad. They were mad. Oh, they and were super mad. Like, I, I couldn't imagine getting that mad about a guitar pedal. So, and I'm I realized I should have pulled this up before the show started, but I remember reading it. Let me let me track it down for a minute. But people got His letter. Yeah. Oh, uh, so people got so upset. Uh, yeah. They uh, started not just commenting, but they started sending Joel, the owner of Chase Bliss, is Joel Corti, super great guy. Uh, I have yet to come across anybody in the industry who's had anything negative to say about him. Yeah. No. Same. Uh, and people just, they went off, um, and started sending him messages. Let me, I don't know. What did the messages say other than like, shame on you? People will, people, you know, that people are going to flip these and people are buying them just to flip it. And then the real people who want them can't get them. Uh, that's what, that was the biggest complaint that I saw was that they made it so limited. They knew people were going to turn around and flip them. Um, because I think there were like a thousand made of those generation losses and immediately a bunch of them popped up on reverb for inflated prices and scalping is real. Like it's like ticket scalping, but we call them pedal flippers. So flipping is real and it's where you buy something for one price and then you sell it for an inflated price for no reason, which makes it not as much like flipping a house where typically you flip a house, you buy the house, you make a bunch of improvements upon the house. And then you flip it. This is a lot more like ticket scalping where you buy a product, make no improvement to it. Um, but you buy it so the people who want it can't get it except at your uh, premium. Price. Right, right. So this, so this is a – so I think the cheapest one on Reverb right now is almost um, – it's $900. So it's over two – it's over 100% uh, price increase. There had been one up for eight – no, there's one for 850 So just under um, 100% price increase. Yep. So – I found the – so Chase Bliss Audio. So Joel had to make a post on the gear page as well as in his Chase Bliss users group, and I think he also posted this to Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but to to paraphrase, uh, day after release, he woke up to tons of hate mail on Instagram and email. Um, and the term he used is he had to sift through all the hate mail, which implies that there's not just a couple messages uh, and included one person prepare the cat meow. Uh, to eat and die is what someone a fan of chase bliss audio sent the owner and founder of chase bliss audio message that said eat and die oh gosh i haven't said that since i was 13 what well, a I mean, sure it's great what a middle school insult yeah, it's so rude in your mouth and then croak 
Like, come on. But aside from the fact that it's unoriginal, it's incredibly hateful. It's incredibly mean. And uh, I'm just – it brings up so many questions that I want to ask in all of this. And um, Yeah, I mean it is hate – it's unnecessary because, I mean, Joel can't control the flippers. Actually, Joel can control the flippers. Do you want to know how Joel can uh, beat the flippers? How? He can charge a thousand dollars at the front of it, because that's what happened to ticket prices. Because it used to be every seat in in the place was like maybe like maybe the floor is fifty bucks and maybe the balcony is twenty five, and then artists caught on to these people flipping their tickets uh, in the first couple rows for like selling them for two hundred three hundred dollars. So they're like, you know what? If anybody gets that, it should be my fans. And if anybody gets the money, it should be me. So then they just started charging 250 bucks for the first couple of rows. And that's what we get now. Um, that's kind of how scalping ruined uh, ticket buying for everybody. And it could ultimately be how uh, flippers ruin. Um, I don't want to, I think it's like this pedal wasn't even affordable in the first place. So it was already expensive. Right, right. I mean, sure. So flipping only works in an environment where the retail cost is lower than the perceived value. Right. For the target market. So, which, and I think, sure. So Joel could have charged $700 each for these. And honestly, still probably would have sold out in 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Like people still would have bought it. But the flip side of that is people would be like, whoa, Joel, like we've been following you for so long. Why are you, you're, you're clearly just profiting off of the hype that you've created, which, and I, the fact that I could see someone that's actually, they, I mean, that's business. It, but Joel's a good guy from everything I've been told, and I need to meet him someday. Uh, I will. Maybe we should try to have him on the podcast. We should. Um, but I, I'm just looking at this going, they had 100 PCBs left. They went ahead and did it, put this time and effort into it, and they decided to not just charge insane amounts of money to try and make it accessible, at least to the make it more accessible to the people who were on the email list right out of the gates. Yeah, so you're already getting the benefit by being on the email list. Part of like, you know, that was like a so he's like, being the it was good like a guy thank here. You. It was like a little thank you to email list people. Yeah, I mean that's a good guy kind of a move. Um, yeah. and so a lot of respect for that. And so I, I really don't think that's. I can't imagine him going. Well, you know what? You guys are charging so much, uh, or, or flipping these for so much. Next time I do a limited run like this, I'm just going to charge for what the limited runs have been going for on on Reverb. I don't yeah. see him doing so he, that. He's not. And like for what it's worth, so th they sold 100 units and they're probably all in hand by now. Yep. Um, There are exactly four of them on Reverb. Four. 4% flip rate um, on Reverb.com. That's, you know, it's it sucks if you didn't get one, but it seems like 96% of people at this point aren't trying to flip it on Reverb. I don't know if they're trying to flip it. More of them on eBay or in other places, but even if it's just like a ten percent flip rate, like that, like if if those four to ten people hadn't gotten this pedal, that doesn't mean you would have gotten one. Sure, it doesn't. It makes your chances marginally better. I think if anything, it's a miracle the website didn't crash. So kudos to their web guy because wow, I mean, when I was trying to buy the Count to Five by Montreal Assembly, that crashed a lot. And when I was trying to buy um, 
a pedal from Electronic Audio Exper- Experiments that had a little hiccup but didn't crash. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it you, you can get mad at flippers because they're doing something that is, uh, I do think, not super duper ethical. I, but it I, just takes one. It just takes one person to list it that high for someone else to be like, well, if I'm going to sell this, I I want to get the most out of it that I can. So I don't know how many of these people were actually like, if if it's being listed this quickly, unless you had a very weird sudden medical emergency, which you know is possible in this climate, unlikely. Um, then you know if you see these higher prices, you might be like, I want, I want to get like I want to do myself right by selling this because the last thing you want to do is sell sell what you paid four hundred bucks for for like four hundred and twenty five dollars, and then that person then turn around and sell it for eight hundred. It creates this cycle of. Um, well, this is obviously what the perceived value of this pedal is, and I don't want to sell it to someone who's just going to flip it. So it creates this distrust loop, I think, and uh, it's just kind of how it is, and I it's sad. Sure, I think I think you calling out the percentage, the flip percentage, I think is really helpful for conceptualizing how much of a pro- problem it really is, uh, and looking at how low that rate is, knowing that. It would have been a lot higher if he had if Chase Bliss hadn't released that over email to the email followers list. Yeah. So I think I think Chase Bliss is honestly doing everything right here in terms of minimizing the flip. And hats off to them on that. Is but then the next question behind that is there's only hundred of them made. Why and everyone's like, well, there's more of us that want one. Why not make more? And there's a couple of things uh, that I'd like to bring up as points for consideration is. Uh, one in in Joel's message um, in the second paragraph, uh, he said it was a fun, cool project to do with my good friend. But to be honest, it's one of my personal least favorite pedals Chase Bliss has made. <laughs> and that, and I read that, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I got a like, pedal. Like it made me a little bit worried about buying the pedal. To be honest, like, <laughs> he doesn't like it, right? Uh, and then a couple sentence late, sentences later, he says, if I don't think something is truly awesome, I'm not going to put thousands of them out into the world just because they've become a collector's item. If people think that's wrong or I'm dumb, that's fine too. And I think I think that's a really important thing to to consider in terms of Joel's ownership of his company. Uh, and yeah. the follow-up to that is they had 100 PCBs laying around, and in the current – with supply chains as screwed up as they are right now, combination of COVID has wrecked the global supply chains yeah. and combination with USPS has been so far backed up on stuff. I know uh, talking with business owners who, who are having severe impact from that, uh, it, thinking through those that for context, yeah. it's entirely possible. They're like, well, we're running out of things to sell. Well, got- I mean, I know that they can't keep up with the demand for the Mark II preamp from the Automaton series. And I also know that their Automaton collaboration with Maris, the Reverb uh, mm-hmm. Automaton, I know that that was slated for release, release in the summer. 
And uh, I haven't heard an update on it, but I assume it's just like some supply chains getting messed up. Yeah, supply partially. chains have been screwed up. I, I've seen a couple of posts from Joel and uh, from Chase Bliss's account on uh, public social media uh, that have made comments about we're waiting for enclosures or we're waiting for faders or just sourcing some of the key components. And so I'm yeah. looking at this going in context. Honestly, I could – I'm speculating here and completely speculation here, but I could totally see the conversation being, well, what do we have that we could make and sell? And it's like, well, we've got the stack of a hundred in the back and knowing that Joel didn't even like him. He's like, all right, I, I, I guess we can, let's, uh, let's do something to make this special and uh, we'll get those out in the world so that we can keep things moving. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that you has something to do with make it. The because... most of, down, of downtime when you're waiting for supply chain issues to resolve. And also it's his, and I said this, and I, so I did a demo of the ayahuasca and I, I talked a little bit about like the controversy um, before I got into the playing or even the controls, but like, y'all, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's, this is like his, it's his responsibility as a business owner to um, keep his business running, to inject cash flows into his business, to keep his employees employed and fed and happy like that's his responsibility as a business owner uh right. to his to his people and you know he he found a way to inject a uh, very quickly forty thousand dollar cash flow into his business and i think it was the correct business decision and you know what if he did another run of a hundred i bet he'd sell out in 10 minutes again but i don't know how many more runs of that pedal? Because it is essentially just the gravitas with a fuzz in front of it. Right, right. I think the I think it was said somewhere that this is the last time that they're doing this. Pedal. Oh yeah, he said that. And but again, it's the gravitas with a fuzz. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I think he's got every right to run, run his business. And looking at things in context, I think the business decision makes a whole lot of sense. As far as the decision to never make these again, um. The follow-up question to that is, does he have any obligation to his fans, the people who have supported him and helped make his company successful, does he have any obligation to them to make something that they want? Maybe. He definitely might. But now that he said that he won't do it again, I think that he should you know, do like Rick Matthews said. He would never do another run of the Father limited uh, yep. edition pedal and hasn't. I think that you need to hold to those because I think that it creates a distrust which is is kind of silly because like someone else having a thing doesn't make it less special for you. Right. That's kind of my opinion on it. So I I admit I'm a little bit torn on that. Um, I guess like probably the one thing that I would do if I were him and was interested in putting out the feelers was to would be to do a pre order, like a pre order of everybody who wants one gets in on this pre order. We're gonna order that amount of parts plus some extras in case things go a little crazy or I'm sorry, wackadoodle. I'm trying to stop saying crazy because yeah. Um, so if things go a little wackadoodle, they have some extra parts and enclosures. That would be, that would be another way to curb uh, the stupid high resale value. I mean, that's what people like uh, Matt hoops started doing uh, with the DRV. Mm -hmm. It it limits, it limits that, um, that, uh, just frenzied fury but that so that's that's a way to curb um you know flippers in a way but on the other side of that 
unless you are saying this is the last pre-sale ever, we swear on our graves that we are not going to do another run. Um, if you if you don't do that, if you just keep opening up the pre-sales, it could be a bad marketing decision for your company because then if part of the hype is that, you know, you do runs of 100 and people have to log in at a given specified time to get them. Like that's 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 marketing. That's that's one way to make your business profitable. And sure. if you open up the pre-sales, like you might kind of reduce that hype around it. And it is your job as a business owner to create hype for your product sometimes. Because no one's hyped for your product, no one's buying it. Sure, sure. So I think in some instances, pre-sale makes a whole lot of sense. I think they did a really great job with the blooper pre-sale. Uh, they think the they Kickstarter? ran through Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Kickstarter takes fifteen percent. Sure. I mean, they they chose to make they chose that decision. They made a choice to accept that part, and I they handled it really well. So. Regardless of whether or not the platform that they chose to use to to use to make that happen takes a chunk, that's that's a different discussion. But yeah, uh, as I think it worked really well in this instance, I'm not sure it would have necessarily worked super well, especially if we're looking at the context of supply chain issues. Uh, and mm-hmm. a smaller run of a hundred is a lot more doable. It's a lot faster to pump out. You have to put a doing a pre order like that takes so much more effort. And if Joel's oh, already like, if Joel's and already are, like, I don't know, I don't like it that much. Yeah, why does he want to make more if he's not excited so, about it? So the to answer the so I posed the question not because I I don't have an answer. I just I posed it for discussion. The the question I just posed was, does he have that obligation to the people who have supported his business? Um, and helped bring it to where it's at just by supporting the business with their money. And I think the answer to that question has to be twofold. The, specifically, the direct answer to that is no. I don't think he does. I don't think I, at, I don't think any business owner owes their customers a product that's not already been promised. It's like the same way that celebrities don't owe their fans anything other than what they're creating and what they're putting out there, their music for right. musicians and live shows when those happen. Like no one is uh, entitled to your time or your private life and nobody's entitled to products that haven't been promised. You're absolutely right. I agree. So, so that's part one. Part two of that is, of course, there's always going to be the relationship between the brand and its fans and wanting yeah. to make sure that relationship is good. And I think in this instance, the – the sourness of the relationship that's come from people sending hate mail. Uh, there's two ways you could look. This is way number one is you could look at it with the customer is always right mentality and try to do something to address that, to appease, to, to deal with that. I don't think that's, I, I really hate that though. And here's why the reason why I hate that is you are giving, you're making that behavior acceptable. In no world should a company have to respond to um, prepare the cat meow again uh, to eat and die if to hear that and oh, say God, we're so sorry. sorry. You know what? We're gonna ch- we're gonna change how we do business to make you happy. And I get that there's got to be some level of give and take, but at this level, it's not just a hey guys, like this is our constructive feedback here. Like we love your company, we love what you do. As a paying customer, I'd love to see this, and I'd be able to give you this much money if you did it. That's a very different conversation than shouting and saying I hate you and die and all of that. That's a very, very different. And to that end, I really, I think 
that should never be rewarded with a customer's always right mentality. That no, should because be the very... customer is wrong so much of the time. And also, for the love of God and all that is holy, it is just a guitar pedal. It's just a guitar pedal. If you're getting this upset about a guitar pedal with everything else in the world that's happening, I like if you are really find yourself red in the face and just enraged about this, please, for the love of God, talk to a therapist this is not as not a healthy reaction to have that is indicative i think of other issues and like and if that issue is entitlement you know talking to a therapist can maybe help you work on uh not feeling that sense of entitlement or rage about things that are don't mean anything i mean i'm mostly on board with that statement i don't i guitar pedals mean a lot to a lot of people um equipment and gear and it can have such an important personal value i don't want to necessarily minimize that but i I want to separate out the the value of what it means to people personally with what's acceptable as a as a reaction yeah i mean that's not and so that's what i'm saying like it's if that's your reaction it's just a guitar pedal though like that's not that's 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 concerning. I think that is there's so I think there's concerning. room to make I think there's room to make the nuance that it's more than just a guitar pedal that it's really meaningful past the electrical diodes and transistors and the sound that comes out the other side. I think that there's room for that in in the but same But that's like that's like for saying so like if I already have a pedal and it's so like essential to my sound if it gets stolen then yeah I'm going to get upset because like I've had time to bond with that equipment and it is a part of of my my sound and you know my sonic identity i guess but but this is not this is not something that anybody owned i get that it was a white whale for a lot of people um but i mean if it's your white whale maybe maybe you pay that flip price you know maybe you just kind of accept that you know that's the price and uh stay on the hunt or something and like I do I get being upset, but I don't get like telling someone you hope they die. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like it's I think it's perfectly fine for it to be your white whale. I, I don't feel the need to qualify what with a it's just a guitar pedal. I do feel the need to say the follow up to that, what you do with that information is so much more important. And I, I don't think that I don't think Joel should have to bend over for that. No. Uh but Bend over backwards. Bend over backwards. There we go. I <laughs> I was I'm sorry, Joel. So sorry, sorry Joel. Wow. That came that did not come out the way I intended that to come out. Um, I never know with you. <laughs> bend over backwards. I don't think Joel should have to bend over backwards for it. I don't think he has that obligation. And I, I think that to an extent, well, like companies can't dictate what the responses that they're gonna get. Like I no. can't like I, I could sit here on the podcast and I could say, hey, to all the people that sent Joel nasty gram, don't do that. That's not – I could say that all I want, and it's not necessarily going to stop. Um, no. Just by saying it louder isn't going to make that difference. But the reactions that we give to that, um, that business owners choose to, to contribute to that, I think especially in the gear community, it's very much a community mentality. And I think there's ways that gear companies can respond to that and continue to do their part in engendering a healthy community atmosphere. And I think Joel's yeah. doing really good. I honestly think Joel's doing a phenomenal job of that. No, I like, I think, I think you're right. I really like uh, Chase Bliss as a company. I, I like their mentality. I like their creativity. 
Um, I know they are they are premium products that not everybody can afford. Sure. Um, this you know, and that's just kind of how how it is sometimes. Like, not everything's going to be accessible to everybody all the time, and that's just generally speaking how how the world. How, how, how most things work. I mean, to get started with playing guitar, it costs, you know, you can find an electric for 50 bucks somewhere. You can get a new Squire Affinity Series, sometimes for under $200. You can get a handful of pedals and a Mustang amp. Like, the, the entry level to guitar, while not nothing, is, is pretty, can be pretty low. Um, and so, you know, just you're not going to be able to have everything that you want to have. And I don't have everything that I would I would like to have and keep and hold. I have a lot of guitar pedals, sure. Um, but, you know, there's there's stuff the I left over all the time. Stops. The gas it never does. Never runs so, out. And what does gas stand for? Gear acquisition syndrome. Yes, we always see new shiny things that we want um, or are interested in or curious, want to hold and have and stuff. Oh, I, I could spend $10,000 on guitar pedals alone without blinking on Reverb.com in one hour. Oh, totally. And all stuff, like, not just, like, just clicking random things, like, all stuff, like, in my head that I'd love to have for different rigs, that I'd love to tr to try out, some white whale type stuff that I would love to have in my collection. Mm -hmm. um, there, I could very easily, it, the gas never stops. There's so many people doing so many cool things. Yeah, like I would love to have some sweet Supro amps. I would love to have like um love there, to have there's space some... to put it all. <laughs> Shoot, I would love to have the space to put it all. Yeah. I uh, speaking of space, I think I need to uh I think I need to reorganize my my office space. I think I need to get a new desk. I'm so sad about that because the desk I have right now it was my father's. Aww. And uh he he used it all through high school and um and then I used it like he. I remember he when he gave it to me, uh, to do my homework on and stuff. And I've written I've written a lot of fun stuff on this desk, but I think I just need to move it to a different space in the house and get something that's a little bit more suited for um, modern times. Because so my desk, it's uh, the kind of desk where there's like that little hole in the middle where the the the, the chair goes in, and then it has a bunch of drawers and kind of a, and honestly kind of a low um, barrier for getting your legs in. Mm -hmm. So I just sit really splayed legs all the time because both like, it's very uncomfortable to sit with like both of your legs in the hole. And I just, I've, I, <laughs> this sounds dumb. Women's jeans are made so poorly. I've worn out pairs of jeans just because I uh, man spread <laughs> all day long. And if I had a dollar for every time I've wrecked my knee on this desk, I could uh, pay for my ayahuasca and a couple other pedals. Good times. Oh, well, good anyways, time. that's sorry. Uh, that was that was a weird digression. So if you have desk suggestions, uh, that'd be nice. Also, I have a goal, a personal goal, and when I meet that personal goal, I'm going to get a better stand for my my computer monitors. So I'm also taking suggestions for that. This is your chance to join the Get Offset Podcast group and uh, leave me solicited advice about desks and monitor stands. You will never get this opportunity. You may never get this opportunity again to tell me what I need. Well, cool beans. Coolest of beans, if you will. <laughs> You're like, okay, can I just wrap it up? <laughs> can I just do my, my, what's your TLDR? What, what did you used to do that I told you? I don't think we always agree with the takeaway. I think you used to just say the takeaway is, and then <laughs> I'd be like, that's not my takeaway. 
Uh, I think the takeaway is is uh, we're both fans of Chaseless Audio. I think they're doing really good work. And I uh, would like to take one more moment to say, stop sending builders hate mail. <laughs> like, um, okay. For, for, okay. Yes. Don't send them hate mail. Um, if you don't like their business practices, I think that you can talk about it publicly. If you, you, and, but I think like the biggest thing you can do is just, if you really don't like what somebody's doing, like a uh, full tone is, you know, to get the word out to people who you think would also care. I don't know how, how much people are going to care about, like, as a whole, people are going to care about, I didn't get the pedal I wanted, so now I hate sure, this brand. Sure. Um, but to just, you know, speak with your money. If you don't like what a brand is doing, then just don't, don't buy their stuff. There, it does not, it doesn't do anybody good to, like, even t- for someone, like, something like full, the full-tone situation, to go in and, like, send him really nasty messages. If you want to, like, try to engage and, like, be like, this is wrong and this is why... That's one thing, but like, to just yeah, just try to be level headed about it. Like, um, my advice is always to uh, like type it out, go take a breather, read it again, and then decide if you want to send it. It's the same thing as like like writing something down and then throwing it into a fire. If it's like if that helps you feel better to type it all out, just wait before you send it. Go back and read it and be like, mm, was that a little much? And or maybe have someone else read it, a friend, and then the friend. We'll probably be honest. This is a really you. long takeaway. I know. I have thoughts. I have feelings. This is a and really I have... long takeaway. And the coffee's kicking in. All right. All right. I'm done. This has been the Get Offset Podcast. Thank you for listening, and thanks for understanding. My name my is name Andrew. Is... My name is Emily. All right. Ready? <laughs> Bye. One, two, Bye. Three.